Hey everybody, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour post-nuclear podcast episode 222. This time I know I got it right. How are you guys? A lot to talk about. There is a month-long celebration. I'm your host, Vince. There is a month-long celebration going on of Fallout for its 25th anniversary. Behind me, we're getting right into it this week. You look great. Sorry, I know I didn't do all the formality stuff that I usually do. I'm kind of raw dog in this episode in the best way possible because I have so many things to talk about and I'm so excited. So behind me, yes, this way, behind me, if I'm doing this correctly, which I think I am, behind me is the gathering in uh, in DC. So I talked about it a little bit last week uh, and I said that I wasn't going to go, but guess what? Now I'm going. So... Uh, I bought a ticket and I will be in DC. I'll get some footage and there'll be some stuff behind me. It's, uh, they're doing a DC meetup. They're doing a Boston meetup. They're doing a meetup in Good Springs and a meetup in West Virginia. It's the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd. Some days, I believe Good Springs and West Virginia are on the 22nd, but Boston and DC are in or on the 23rd, and it's all to raise money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, there's a Discord that's going around that you can you can check out. Uh, you can join if you want. I will. I'm going. Like I'm flying in one of those days. I'm gonna go to this meetup. Wes Johnson is gonna be there, um, which I was like kind of freaking out telling somebody at work that like also likes Fallout about what's going on, and I was like. One of my favorite characters in Fallout 3 is voiced by Wes Johnson, so I'm going to take my copy of Fallout 3 that I got in 2008 on my birthday, my 11th birthday, and I'm going to have him sign it. And, like, I'm just super excited. It's it's a walk for St. Jude. It's uh, a whole thing. It's to raise money. Like I said, there's also a breakfast. As of this recording, there's about 40 tickets left that you can buy that you can have breakfast with Wes Johnson. I didn't buy tickets for that solely because I'm going to be on the East. So I'm going to get to meet up with some family, which is going to be super nice. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, so I just didn't buy ticket. I didn't buy the breakfast ticket because uh, I want to see my family. But I'm super excited for this. It's on Great War Day. It's on October 23rd. It's a Sunday. We're going to be walking from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Monument. I might have flipped that. Uh... On screen, in text, is the right thing that we're doing. There's probably behind me the infographic for DC. DC's already at 100 people. That's a lot of people. Uh, I'm in the Discord. I'm talking back and forth a little bit. But I love, like, I know I don't have a huge scope. I know I'm not a, a huge Fallout YouTuber. But, like, I'd love to see some some of you there. I'd love to see any of you there. I'd love to see anybody. I'd like to just, I just want to go. I, it's going to be cool. I'm going to go to Uniqlo. I'm going to buy a t-shirt, maybe some dungarees, something. But I just want to say this now. It's for St. Jude. It's for a good cause. It's to celebrate 25, I'm a year older than Fallout, to celebrate Fallout, to celebrate everything that I love about it, and just to be with other people that are like-minded about it. There's a lot of really cool stuff happening this week. Let me get my notes on my my phone. And there's something really fun that I have saved for the end of the show. There's events in 76 that's going on from October 4th to the 11th. So when this comes out, uh, the pit, the pit 76 is free. There's a stream going on. 
Fallout First and Game Pass have something going on. Pals, which we're going to talk about soon. Don't you worry, baby. There's also a free dynamic background on Xbox. There's a lot of cool stuff. And I, I imagine more and more and more and more and more is going to be rolling out as the month goes on. Now, again, with the meetup in D.C., Bethesda is a part of this in some way. The person who's putting it together is Ken Vigue, who does Chad, who I've spoken to. Um He's a great dude. Like he's with him and Fallout for Hope. They've raised over $400,000 for St. Jude's Children's Hospital and I believe other things as well. So that might be an accumulative 400, but I know a bulk of it is for St. Jude. And he talks to Bethesda apparently. He is a community manager, I, I believe. And he has a thing where they're going to announce it. They're going to tell more people about it and they're probably going to be there. Like I said, if if Todd and Pete or Emil show up, I might cry. Like I'm probably going to cry, like honestly. Like if I sit in front of the Washington Monument and I'm sitting there like, this is where Three Dog preaches the good word from. And here I am with Fallout 3, the, the, the one that I bought on my birthday in 2008, on my 11th birthday. Or I'm sorry, my 12th birthday? Yeah, my 12th birthday. My 11 plus 1th birthday. And, like, look at Wes Johnson, who voices my favorite, like, one of my favorite characters in three of Fox. And a bunch of just, uh, like, the Silver Shroud, too. Like, just a bunch of different people to sit there and just be like, holy shit. What a full circle moment we have. Like, I'm super excited for that. I don't, they might go to a thing afterwards. I don't know. I'm not a part of it. I don't want to tell tales out of school. Just, if you can go, you should. If you want. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say you should. If you want, go. Because if it's a celebration of something that we all really, really love and enjoy, it's going to be great to see you. And I said I wasn't going to go, and here I am going. So I'm excited. It's also a walk. Like I said, we're doing a whole thing. D.C. is a really nice city, too. Go to the Metro. Just just walk into the Metro. They're really particular. Don't bring props. If you're coming, do not bring props. Uh, they have very strict rules about prop weaponry. Uh, Wes Johnson is going to be dressed up, I imagine. Like, I don't know if he's going to be Shiagorath or if he's just going to have, like, something nice on. But the pictures that I see him in a lot is, like, a very, like, Shiagorath-esque look. Again, I don't know if he's going to be doing it or not. But he said he can't bring the Wabajack, which kind of sucks. But I get it. You know, post-9-11 world, DC, like, the DC was hit. The Pentagon was hit. Citadel was hit with a plane in a terrorist attack, baby. So I, I would love to see some people there. I'll be there. Um, you know, come say hey, ba bow, bob da boop, skip of the cream. So very Fallout news heavy I have for you today. Two things I want to talk about. One of them is a potential thing. The other thing, uh, three things really. Some some big pieces of Fallout news before we get into this week's lore. One of them is a potential. Two, they're actually both potentials, and one of them is some actual official content that we can do together. So, first, I think I'm going to talk about this because I'm always saying that Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 needs a uh, remaster. And on screen, I'm going to put the Twitter page, Days and days and since days Until We've Had a Remaster. Uh, a fellow on Twitter that I talk to every now and again that we talk back and forth about what's going to be where and why don't we have a Fallout 1 and 2 remake remaster. There is a game called Fall. It's a, it's a fan game called Fallout Bakersfield. It is being made by Sar X, Red888Guns, and Alexander Bresnian. I'm sorry 
if I'm butchering any of that. And I and I first saw this from Mantis's Twitter. Uh, the teaser says Fallout Bakerfield is powered by GZ Doom. This is a good sign. This project could actually see the light of day, as I believe Alexander has been working on this for years. This gives a story rundown and also hints that we might see more on October 23rd. Behind me is probably the footage. Most likely behind me is the footage. This is Doom. I don't know why I didn't think of this. If you could do Fallout 1, but in Doom... Why not, dude? Like, everything about it seems... It looks like Necropolis. Like, from the footage of shooting the ghouls, it looks like Necropolis. And I'm super excited to see where this goes. Just because, one, if this is... If this is just a retelling of Fallout 1 in Doom, then we're set. Like, I can beat Fallout 1. And I know, I know, I'm not promising anything, but October 10th is the anniversary of fallout it's its birthday it's its 25th birthday as a series i really want to stream fallout one on that day i have a very hectic schedule during the week so i'm not making promises but be on the lookout i might do it i might switch my days around for certain things i might do it and i'd like to stream for about three four hours and just finally fucking beat fallout one just finally do it but this fallout bakersfield which again is probably behind me just looks fun like, imagine being able to that that fast-paced doom, but in Fallout 1. Even if it's not, even if it's just like, here's a story, here's like a like a GZ Doom mod, like, fine. I just, I'll play this. I'll play the hell out of this. You kidding me? So I really want to see more of this. But like, the tweet says, the speculation in the tweet, we could be seeing more on the 23rd. Now, another thing, another bit of speculation is a lot of people might know, um... I shouldn't say do know that some people may know that in Fallout 4, Fallout 4, I, I've complained about enough. I'm sorry. There is going to be a picture behind me of what is presumably cut content from Fallout 4. I saw this on Twitter. I don't remember. I, th I think it was Retrowave, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Retrowave Dave may have posted about it to it something, and I saw it, and uh, it caught me eye. Fallout 4, as I've. I don't want to say famously, but if you've listened to the show, you know that I bitch about it. It's a game that needed another year and a half, year, two years, somewhere in between there, of development, and it didn't get it. And it's not... I don't know why it didn't, but it would have benefited highly if it got it. And there was a quest called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and there was apparently supposed to be an underwater vault. Behind me, people had... had behind me is a picture of this vault somewhat and people have recreated it with mods and you could kind of go in and explore and get like the ideas because it's in the code the beginning of it is in the code but nukipedia the fallout wiki where i get all of my lore from says it's this big what do you think it is so our wiki editor led by at tagazi tagazel t-a-g-a-z-i-e-l have found something big really big Deep down and dark in the code of Fallout 4, you have no idea how big it is. Yes, it's real, and we'll have more for you soon. And apparently it's supposed to have a ghoul whale. And the person who leaked it uh, exactly says... Someone someone replies and says, Isn't that the vault with the ghoul whale? Cut content from Fallout 4? And the person who leaked it says, Yes, scrub from Fallout 4, but 76 was based on Fallout 4's ESM. I don't know what that means. So apparently it exists to a degree. It's out there. It's, it's there, and we could see it, even if it's modded in in more of a full, even in more of a full 
idea, I don't even want to say concept because it's more of an idea, really. Uh, even if we can just explore it, they'll probably wind up scrapping this or maybe they'll use it down the line somewhere else. But either way, something that's been kind of like hidden in the, the harpoon gun was supposed to like come from this quest and it was later put into Far Harbor. I'm moving quick, I feel, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm just excited for this episode. I'm also kind of just like jittery uh, because I have a package coming to the house and all day it said from UPS it'll get here by 7 p.m. And I'm waiting because I told that story about my shoes a couple weeks back where my shoes got delivered to a uh, residence across town from me and it was all, I had to have a friend go get it. So it's UPS and I don't tr I'm not, they're not very reliable right now. So I keep checking the app. All day I've been checking it and I'm waiting for it to be like, oh, it's been delivered, an attempt had been made, this and that, bob a boop, skip it a cream. And I'm just like, where is it? 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 And then I'm sitting at my desk writing for the, for the, uh, the lore notes and out of my window, I think I see the UPS truck, a big brown truck with those dome lights that, you know, it's like an, an unmistakable thing. And I see the truck go by and I'm like waiting by the door like I just called the guy and I need a fix. That's why actually you can see I have an, a headphone off in case I hear a knock at the door. I can go jet over quick because I don't feel like going to the UPS store to pick it up because it's just a pain in the ass to go there. And then I got to talk to the guy and I, I have these people in my building that like always want to talk to me like, buddy, I just got home from work. I want to go inside, which I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like I'm going to check it right now. Let's see. Just out of curiosity. It is currently 8.22 p.m., an hour and 22 minutes after it was supposed to be delivered. And it still says it's out for delivery and will be delivered by today at 7 p.m. And I just re-refresh the page. Still says it's going to be here by 7 p.m. So unless fucking Marty McFly himself is dropping it off. Anyway, I don't want them to just leave it in front of my door. I kind of hate that. I kind of want someone to knock so I can get it. You know, you spend money on something. I want to be delivered. But, like, I'm sitting there like a, like a crackhead, like, looking outside, like, and then, like, I thought I saw it. So I, like, waited by the door, and then I waited there for, like, five minutes. And then I, like, went outside and looked outside and went to both ends of, of my place. And I'm, like, looking around, and then there's nowhere to be found. I'm checking upstairs to see if he dropped it off anywhere and just didn't check off that it was dropped. It could just be lost on the truck. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm just a little upset by it. And I'm kind of, like, amped up because of it. I don't know. I also went to the circus. I don't know if you guys have, like, been to a circus lately, but I went to the circus, and it's pretty cool. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's not the circus I remember. When I was a kid, my parents were like, we are going to Barnum and Bailey Circus. Like, we are going to the greatest show on earth. And I remember for a few years, maybe about three, four years, we went every year. And then they said they weren't going to have animals at the show anymore. And then it became a dog and pony show. And I think cats and birds, too. It was like just dogs, horses, cats, and birds. And I was like, I don't want to see that. I want to see alligators. And I want to see horse or not horses. I want to see giraffes. And I want to see elephants. Like, I want to see all this stuff. So we go to I go to this one with a friend. It was cool because my friend hit me and was like, hey, I had another friend who was going to go and they dropped out. Do you want to go? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go. Of course, it's the circus. So I went, I got a free ticket, which was nice. And we get there and like everything's way overpriced. I bought popcorn because how am I going to go to the circus? I feel like certain places, there are certain foods that just are associated with it. Like if I go to a baseball game, I want a hot dog. If I go to the movies or the circus, I want some popcorn. Like, if I go to the drive-in movie theater, I want a corn dog. I want popcorn, too, but I want a corn dog. Like, there's just certain things that, in my mind, are associated with other certain things. And the circus is popcorn. So we're there, and it's cool. It's 
totally for little kids though and like the ringmaster like came out at one point and he was like everybody take a look at this it's the minecraft sword and i'm freaking we have like this joke that like i'm obsessed with minecraft because i'm like minecraft 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 because the past few months i've been super into it i kind of petered out but still um and they're like playing a like a like a dubstep version of the Minecraft theme like behind us as he's like, all it takes is a special battery and you'll have fun and remember the circus long after you've been here. And like they're like, remember, you can take as many pictures as you want, but you can't video anything. So we're just kind of sitting there like, all right, whatever. What, what does that mean? Like that was like the first thing that the ringmaster said before anything happened. And it was outdoors, which was cool. I've never been to an outdoor circus, but it was like raining. So like everything got cut short, but they did like special things too. It was, it was really cool actually. But like, he's like, you can't film anything. First thing that happens, Spider-Man just comes out. I'm like, yo, and like, I became like a little kid who go, yo, fucking Spider-Man's here. And I hear some little kid behind me go, yo, no way home. <laughs> so like Spider-Man went up like 30 feet and like just did a backflip into a giant pillow really and like then he was gone and then they had these women come out they had these like women come out dressed as disney characters and they're playing a a techno dance edm dubstep version of let it go and it was like frozen woman rapunzel woman and ariel woman and they're just like kind of doing trapeze tricks but it was just you could tell how bootleg the whole thing was and like how ramshackled it like it was super cheap like it was really shittily put together but like in the best way like, the juggler was probably the best part because he was throwing hats and shit, but it was just a good time all around. And it just was nice to see kids being kids. Like, he, there was no iPads. And, like, my friend looks at me, and I, and after I said that, and they're like, yeah, kids probably don't really like being on iPads. It's just too expensive to do anything. So you just give them an iPad that the parents probably had that they're not going to use anymore because now the kid wants it, and that's entertainment. I don't have to take them out all the time because everything's so gosh damned expensive. It was cool. I got a sticker I, from a clown. So, honk honk. Again, this is Monster Month, and I totally forgot to even say it. So, happy second week of Monster Month. Uh, this week's a fun one. There was, a, I'll be completely honest, I went on the Fallout Wiki, and I typed in mutations, and I was just kind of reading generally what the mutations are categorized in the Fallout series as, and I saw human, ghoul, and dwarf. And I went, dwarf? And I don't know if dwarf is the proper term. Uh, I don't know if little person is the proper term. The other week, I was referencing how Borderlands bad guys used to be called... Oh, no. And someone yelled at me because I said the word... Uh, those are going to be censored. Hey, me, editing. Censor those. <laughs> uh, so, I don't... Those are going to be censored. Because uh, I don't know if we can say those or not. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. But uh, I really want to do that. I really want to do dwarves. And then I thought, you know, if dwarf is an acceptable term for someone who's little. I don't even know if little person is acceptable. I don't even. Why? Why can't we just have a unified term for things? Is a person who is X. Is a person who is Y. Is a person who is Z. And I get it. Language evolves, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and die on the hill of, of semantics and uh, language changing and evolving throughout time. It's important that it does. I get it. I'm... Uh, I didn't want to call dwarves monsters because it's monster month. I thought that was insensitive if dwarves are still a term that we use. Anyway, uh, you'll see what I have. And I think it's fun because it's in a couple of games. You know, I was going to segue right into the lore. Uh, well, the Patreon first. I was going to go right into it. But uh, Kyle, in a rare feat, has actually put uh, a piece inside of the show notes 
for me. He does it occasionally, but I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. He's been very busy with the war. Overwatch 2 has come out, uh, but it didn't. Apparently, you have to wait behind a huge number of people to get in. For you to even get in, you have to have a cell phone. So, like, what if I don't? What if I have a flip phone? Like, you ha- or I guess flip phones get text messages, but you have to get, like, a text message sent to you. So, you have to link your Blizzard account, and then you have to add your phone number, which is weird, which only makes me think that they're selling information. But I, I don't know. It's It feels like Kyle put in there, his exact words were, Overwatch 2 dead on release 2022 to 2022 in the arms of the angel like just like it just i'm not gonna play it overwatch one is dead there was actually i saw something that was like from this day from the second like october 2nd or october 3rd october 2nd at this time to october 4th at this time overwatch one is going offline and never coming back and then overwatch 2 will be out and that'll be the only game you're allowed to play which it's a free-to-play game and someone tweeted, oh, good, we get 20-something hours of no Overwatch. The world will be at peace. I don't plan on playing Overwatch 2 ever. A few months back, I was playing it with a friend and came to the conclusion that if I never played Overwatch again, it'd be too soon. So I'm, I'm not going to. And I'm done. So Overwatch 2, dead on release, baby. So... Let me get to the lore. Let me get to Monster Month proper. Before I can talk about lore, though, I do have to thank the Patreon. Thank you to you guys. Because of you, I continue to do the show. I can continue to make it bigger and better and what have you. And I love you. And starting from the top, I have to thank Noah, the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, it's Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. P. Because of you, I feel love and support, and I continue to make the show, and I thank you. So, this week, like I said, is Monster Month, and I didn't want to do dwarves. I wanted to do something fun. And I originally I was going to do Meyer Lurks. I've done Meyer Lurks the past Monster Month. Um, we, Like I said, we skipped Monster Month the one year, because it was just me, and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and this month, or this week, I should say, I thought to myself, what should I pick? What should I do? And I wanted something that was kind of... I feel like all Fallout fans know. And then I forget that there's some people who have only played Fallout 4. Which is a problem. We could talk about it later or whatever. I feel like you should at least go back and watch stuff. If you're not going to play it, at least watch it. Watch a playthrough or something. If I streamed, I'd say, hey, watch me play New Vegas again. Because, you know, it's like the, I feel like the game that I stream the most is New Vegas 3. I've been trying here and there. But I feel like it was... I was like weird like PS2 game. Whatever. I did geckos. I thought they're fun. They're in Fallout 2. They're in Fallout New Vegas. Why not? Why not do the geckos? So, for the second week of Monster Month, I bring to you the lore on geckos from Fallout 2 and Fallout New Vegas. These mutated lizards have sleek and durable hides and are mostly in the Mojave and New California, respectively. Prior to the Great War, the average gecko was about 0.39 inches or 1.6 centimeter to 27 inches or 60 centimeters. And now they're much larger. I have later in the notes that they could be about the size of a small child and in some cases even larger. Now I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Nukipedia itself. 
Because of FEV spills from West Tech, most li- most of these lizards have mutated. Uh, in the Fallout Bible, it says a, an unknown breed of geckos indigenous to the Oregon-California border are the geckos that mutated to make the geckos we have now. This mutation was made from uh, the FEV, and it made them bigger, stronger, faster, and more fertile. And I think that's super interesting because the FEV, when it comes to humans, makes us completely infertile. You, you, I believe... Uh, super mutants are actually eunuchs. Like, they don't have male or female genitalia. It's like a Ken doll. That was kind of the running theory we had back in the day when we would play uh, D&D, we would play FOD, FOD or FOD 20 or Fallout D&D or Fallout D, whatever the hell we were calling it. Um, with the, the running idea, the running joke was that if you took a super mutant's pants off, it was just like a cloaca. Like they didn't have anything because they can't they they can't reproduce sexually they can't reproduce asexually so I think it's funny that geckos that like that's the problem with the master's army is that it's taking humans and dipping them in FEV and the the more you run out of fresh humans Fallout Three super mutants they're looking to make more mutants but they can't find freshies so humans genitals uterus does not work drops out of you or falls off or something geckos trying to screw it took a few generations to stabilize their reproduction but once it did they began to breed akin to rats so i never guessed how fast rats can breed but if it's anything like rabbits i guess smaller mammals just don't need an incubation time as long as humans humans are like elephants need anywhere from 10 to 12 months if i remember correctly but a baby? It takes nine months to have a baby. Modern geckos are the size of a child, in some cases larger. Like I said, they have a hunched over posture and variation in skin color depending on their size, their durability, uh, their attributes. I'm going to get into the attributes of a bunch of different geckos in just a moment. I just have to uh, get through this part first because it is something I want to read directly off the wiki to make sure I encapsulate it properly. Now, they're normally pretty docile creatures but they do have a pack mentality meaning if one is attacked it's on site like if they see some one of theirs get attacked or if one of theirs get attacked no matter what's going on they're going to attack back they have fangs and claws which they use to rip and tear their enemies with and hunters want their hides which i think is super interesting a super interesting thing to kind of go into is the economy that would blow up around trapping and I'd love to see, you kind of see that a little bit with like Bar Harbor. You kind of see like old Longfellow and I believe there are just some trappers, but I would love to see a Fallout game where that's like a side quest. Like you'll never get a Fallout game that's more simulation-like when it comes to something like Red Dead Redemption where you could go out and farm these animals and bring back their pelts and make money. But I'd like to see that as like a something implemented. Like, oh, go kill a rad stag, bring back its hide, like there's condition to the hide, like depending on how you kill it. I think that'd be a lot of fun to see. Now, by 2241, regular hides go for 25 NCR dollars, flat. NCRD, 25. Trappers will usually pay a little bit more because they'll use them to make a leather armor. And gecko meat is rather popular. And if it's cooked correctly, it tastes a little bit like canned chicken. Which, hey, 
what doesn't taste like chicken, right? Now, like I said, there's a couple things that I wanna read directly off the wiki because I wanna make sure I get it completely accurate. There's some geckos that are only in Fallout 2 and some that are only in New Vegas. Like for instance, the regular gecko is a small to medium-sized gecko with indigo skin. The regular gecko is a small, medium-sized gecko with indigo skin. Like their cousins, the silver gecko, they are mostly peaceful, but tend to be rather aggressive in groups. They are very quick on their feet and are, are fond of using their numbers to rush and overwhelm opponents. Silver or little geckos show up in Fallout 2. The silver gecko is, called, is also called a little gecko, is a small-sized gecko with silver skin. They are the smallest and least aggressive of all of them, and they're not very resistant to damage. They have thus only been observed in southern Oregon. The Golden Gecko. These are both in Fallout 2 and New Vegas. The Golden Gecko is a medium-sized gecko with golden skin, and they are they are a more beautiful but also more deadly kind of deco gecko than the regular geckos. They can be found around irradiated areas which they lick up toxic waste, causing their particular mutation, different than any kind of geckos, and making their attacks irradiate the opponent. These can be found in Oregon and the Mojave. Fire geckos found in both Fallout 2 and New Vegas. A medium, large-sized gecko with dark violet skin, they are the second deadliest kind after the golden gecko, and as the name indicates, can breathe fire due to constant exposure to sulfur that is now held in their digestive system. Unlike other geckos, they also have large spikes or decorative frills that cover their heads down to their lower back. They are immune to fire and their hides are far, are far too mangy or burned to have any real value. The green gecko, which appears in Honest Hearts, is a large gecko with shiny, light green skin. They are the most deadly of all geckos and can spit several slow-moving, far-reaching globs of poisonous saliva similar to centaurs. Despite their fragile appearance, they have a high resistance to damage. The cause of their mutation is currently unknown, though some theorize it might be due to the ingestion of poisonous plants native to Zion Canyon. And my favorite, the cut gecko that was never meant to be in the game, Gojira. Called simply Gecko when spawned, Gojira is its editor ID. Its model is identical to that of the fire gecko, but tripled in size, making it roughly equal to a super mutant behemoth in height. It has its own unique embedded fire breath weapon called Gojira Flame, which has a base damage of 400 and an incredible damage per second of 3200. Wow and a staggering 8,000 HP, making it the strongest creature in the game. Now, where is it? Gojira was never meant to be in the game. It is cut content, technically, but it's still there. It was a joke. Gojira, I don't think I even said this. Uh, hi, my name is Vince, and I love Godzilla. Gojira is Godzilla's name in Japan. In Fallout 2, the quest perk, gold, or Gecko Skinning, allows player characters to skin silver geckos and gold geckos, not fire geckos. In New Vegas, one is able to take the hide of any gecko directly if their survival skill is high enough. They can tan a skin at a campfire. In New Vegas, geckos are considered animals uh, for the purposes of the animal friend, animal control, and hunter perks, but that does not include fire geckos. Originally, the green geckos were planned to be in Fallout pen and paper D20, and then they later showed up in Honest Hearts. That's everything I pretty much have to say on them little gold boys known as the gold, or little gold boys, those little colorful boys that 
you just see them as soon as you get to Good Springs. Like, you go out with Sunny Smiles, and she's just like, hey there, partner. And then you meet geckos. It's just a fun time all around. That, my friends, is the goal. Is the goal. Again, I, I want to say the golden geckos. That, my friends, is geckos. And that, most certainly, for Monster Week 2. Sorry, Monster Month Week 2 of 2022, episode 222, is lore. So like I said earlier, it's Fallout's 25th birthday. Which means some cool stuff has been coming out. I have something for you. Bethesda released something called PALS. It's essentially a BuzzFeed uh, personality quiz, and I've never done anything like this before. I've ne- I've, I've, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm going to do my best. But what I have for you is I'm going to try to do a screen recording of me taking the PALS test with you. Now, I do have music playing in the background. I tested it before, and the music isn't playing. If it is, I'm listening to, like, Sounds of the Supermarket or something. It's just a nice ambient track in the background. It may have music. It may not. I don't think it does, but if it does, we lucked out. Anyway, this is the PALS personality BuzzFeed test. Okay, again, real quick, this is what it's going to look like. Want to specify? I don't know if I can green screen the back out, so it might just be a green thing a green square in the corner for audio listeners this means nothing and i apologize everybody this is what uh this is what obs looks like this is what a professional podcast looks like uh i just we're gonna go with it the post-apocalyptic loyalty simulator pals like i said the post-apocalyptic loyalty simulator is a simulation designed to prepare vault dwellers for the horrifying prospect of wasteland living by matching them with factions most advantageous to their survival. Hi, my name is Vince. Uh, I get really, really obsessive about lore. vault would not have made this, nor known of the things that we're about to talk about from the screen caps I've seen. Does this make this less cool? No, absolutely not, because they reference New Vegas and they never do that. And I think they reference Fallout 1 and 2 a little bit in this kind of. So let's just jump in and have some fun. You can take it no longer. You've always wanted to be the inquisitive sort, and now the wasteland beckons louder than ever. Glancing down, you see a control panel. What do you do? There's seven questions here. This is the first. A, you know, a foolhardy decision when you see one return to the comfort of your vault. B, strength. Press the biggest button really, really hard. C, begin pulling levers indiscriminately until something happens. Or D, intelligence use your invaluable vault tech education to decipher the writing near the lever personally i think i would just press buttons like if this is me i want to go out i'm not turning around once i want to do it i want to do it so i know a's out i don't think c i would do i just think i'd be i I think i'd very much be like all right where's the button boop button so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with b strength by the way i don't think i said this I, i didn't take this beforehand i saw everybody else doing it i saw some of the results I don't know what any of them are. I'm just doing this blind. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Discombobulated from the blazing sun and boundless expanse of opportunity, you pause to gather yourself as your vision steadies. You see four locations. Where do you go? The quarry, a settlement, a condemned vault, or the irradiated ruins. Now, I know what I want to do. This is California. Oh, shit, this is California. Neat. Okay. Um, I know what I want to do. Like me as a human being, 
uh, or someone, let me rephrase that. Me as a Fallout fan, I'm trying to think of what I would do versus a Fallout fan. As a Fallout fan, I'm going to the, the Irradiated Ruins, then the Vault, then the Settlement, then the Quarry. I can go to the Irradiated Ruins, explore, see if there's anything I want. If there is anything I want, take it, then go to the Vault, explore, leave the Vault, go to the Settlement, make friends. But I think if I'm living in a Vault and it's a post-apocalyptic scenario, I think I'm going to go with the Settlement. Because there's other people there and I can get it. Like, I'm trying to think of me and I can think, okay, so I know this is going to happen. I know that, like, cigarettes are currency, water is currency, sex is currency, food is currency. If there is a currency, it exists. Who knows? I also need to know who's in charge and I need to know who I should believe and where I should go and what should I do. So I'm going to go with settlement for this one. Oh, cool. Just, just just, seeing like a Fallout 1 Corvega makes me happy. Stretching your getaway sticks and taking in that fresh irradiated air, you happen upon a disused... What is this heresy? You can only trust what is firm and under your foot. Keep walking. Paint it red, cover it in flames. If only you paid attention in driver's ed, leave it buried. You have a burning love for twisted steel. Throw, throw dice on the mirror because you're never looking back. Now me... I don't know anything about cars. D I really like, because the idea of running around in like a rust-covered car in the middle of Mad Max time is a lot of fun. Like the idea of that's really fun to me. But I just don't think, I don't think that's going to work for me, to be completely honest. So I really like the idea of just, you know, cruising. I don't like the flames as much, but I do like the idea of cruising. I, I did take my permit test four times it was the fourth time when i got my permit i got my driver's license in one so i'm just gonna go with the keep walking one i feel like it's more reliable this is also gonna like in an apocalypse situation this is gonna make a lot of noise it's gonna make a ton of noise uh which is gonna make me a target which if ghouls are gonna start coming like i'm also trying to think like a like kind of zombie-ish at this point so i'm gonna go with Mm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with keep walking. I'm going to go with A. Oh, who's this? Arriving at the settlement, you discover it has been shrouded in darkness for weeks from the shadows. Their leader, Finian, approaches asking for you to help restoring power. If it seems like I'm kind of stuttering through this, the computer is about four feet away from me and the text is very tiny from where I'm standing. Get lost, daddy-o. I only tango with switchblades, not switch boards hi-yo dumb broad you can't quite place it but you've always been drawn to light agree to help time for a little less communication and a little more action find the power source you know nothing of this so-called electricity <laughs> play dumb and refuse to help i don't i think i'd help like i said i i think when you go to a settlement in this type of situation, you want to be in their good graces. You want to be a part of their patrols. You want to be a part of, you want, you want food, you want food and water. So I think you should help these people immensely. Uh, I'm going to go with agree to help. B. Shroud? Mid-search, a mysterious stranger steps into view and pulls you aside. I hear you're looking for some juice. Fork over some caps and I'll light the way. So there's two options here. Actually, this is a very Ghoulman-ass line. Money, money is but a lie told to keep the unenlightened complacent. Make the trade. Or 
something ain't sitting right, but you can't, but you can tell he's stubborn as a hound dog. Make the trade. Oh, I have to make the trade either way? Wow, some Fallout 4 writing for you. Damn, I gotta do it no matter what. Uh, I'm gonna go with A, because it's, it's, it's Ghoulman, baby. Ha ha. What do you say? What do you know? Krogar. Ha ha. Steinman. Ha ha. Who else was there? DeWinter. Ha ha. Smokey. Ha ha. So, hi, if you've ever played D&D with me, uh, there you go. I love you. Armed with newfound guidance and a fresh supply of Zim, you see two, two foreboding confines at the edge of your vision. What will you venture? So it gives you the lighthouse or the red rocket station. It doesn't say how far I am from this, but my first thing is what power grid system is the lighthouse on? But also what is the red rocket station on? Personally, as an old sea captain myself, or at least I feel like one, I want to go with the lighthouse. Just instinctually, I want to go with the lighthouse. Is it right? Probably not. Growing up, I didn't live far from a from a very large gas station, and I was close enough to it, but just far enough away that, like, real late at night, you could kind of see it above the trees, the glow of it. And if the power went out due to a snowstorm, I was close enough where everyone else's power went out except for me and a couple other houses because we were on the same power grid. And theirs was super backed up because it was a major gas station near the highway. This is a tough one. It's a really tough one for me. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Red Rocket for a couple of reasons. One, I just got out of the vault. So I probably don't have a lot of food. There's a chance that there's some food there, maybe something to drink. The lighthouse could be cool for the view, but it's a lot of work for a gamble when I feel like the, I feel like the Red Rocket Station is a surefire thing. And seven, the final question. You never meant to end up here, but hot dog, if it isn't, isn't a fried generator under a stack of hot rotter mags and a pile of bad memories. What will you make of it? So... All right, some more Fallout 4 writing. You're overcome with a bone-deep sense that light will appease the great red-eyed one. Turn it on. Or take the fusion core to fuel your power armor. Fallout 4 writing. I got power armor as soon as I left the vault. Doy. And burn rubber. There's nothing here with illumination. I don't... I'm going to go with A because why would I have power armor? Cult of the Mothman. Cool. Tight. Share with your friends. Fellow vault dwellers. We're going to do it again. We're going to retake it. Uh, Cult of the Mothman. An everlasting and divine light bathes you in its red glow. That's... That's the red rocket sign? Your journey has exposed you to the whisper of the wood, and now you... Now you can't resist. You're drawn to the cult of the Mothman, like a moth to a... Cult. Cool. So we're going to take it again, because I just because I want to see what happens if I go to the, the vault instead of going to the settlement. So we're going to do it one more time, real quick. So I'm probably not going to be on screen so I can breeze through this beginning part. Begin the test for pals. Uh, I'm going to do the same start. Actually, what happens if you stay in the vault? Let's just see. Stay in the vault. Yeah, why not? Oh, that's super dope. Vault tech. The world outside the vault is lousy with hallucinogenic drugs, limb-starved mutants, and life-shortening raiders. You keenly surmise the best way to prepare to enter it is to never enter it at all. Well done. Congratulations, Vault Dweller. Thumbs up. Cool. I didn't think that was going to happen. Let's, let's do it again. Um, 
I'm going to do this one. Use your, your, use your Voltec education to decipher the writing near the lever. I assume it's going to lead me to the same thing. Let me do the same thing. Let's do the vault. I feel like the vault is fun. Oh, what the fuck, dog? Gary. Uh, as you hear the first sound other than your paralyzing thoughts, it's not a mole rat with a vocal modulator. It's man's best friend. Oh, I mean, I feel like I have to. I've said a million times all I want to do is... All I want to do is walk the road with my dog and a gun as the, as the world burns around me. Beat it, Fleabag Gary, which... I Spoiler, you can get Gary as a thing. What's hell without company? Bring Fido along. Hell yeah, baby. Heading to the vault, you're greeted by a vault dweller whose name has been... Dr- has been drilled immensely into your head. Naturally, he threatens you with a lead pipe. How to react? Activate your stealth boy and turn back unpiped. Gross. Gary, Gary, Gary. For for B. Uh, C is take the vault dweller under your wing and take him with you. Or charisma, which you're probably going to go with because I always make charisma builds. Repeat, Gary. And not agreeably as you slowly back away, maintaining firm eye contact. Hell yeah. Oh, Fucking Lou! It's Lou, guys! Lou's here! From Fallout 1! Can you believe it's Lou? Holy shit, I can't. Blocking your only egress is a Gary so gonzo on buff out that he entered a near-vegetative state. He won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Will you? The felt-tip touch of an expert tickler should do the tick. Trick. <laughs> Tickle the giant Gary. You're, positive, you're positively famished and blood is blood. Take a sip for the road. Jesus! I mean, do you fight Lou or do you try to tickle him? I think tickling him is funnier. And genuinely, I'm not a I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter, homie. So I feel like if I see a big man and I'm just like, I'm going to die, I might as well get a laugh out of it. Even if I'm going to be ripped apart limb from limb. This is so cool. You arrive at what must be the only dead end in this all-embracing void. Two doors stand before you. The clone lab and the impossibly locked door. Wait, so that was a Gary? That wasn't... That wasn't Lou? Whatever. It's still cool that Lou showed up. Even if it's just a frame. This is question six, by the way. Do I go to the cloning lab or the locked door? I want to try the locked door. Because I like... In a situation like this, I want to be somewhere where I'm not supposed to be. Impossibly locked door. Look at all them Garys. Your picking skills weren't about to let a lock raz your berries. Stepping inside, you are greeted by the most inconspicuous sight. A horde of Garys holding synths hostage. Why? Like, canonically, why? Free the synths and return them to the welcoming embrace of the Synth Retention Bureau. They'll be looked at well there. Ha ha, Gary. I feel like we're going to go with ha ha, Gary. Fucking love Fallout 3. And I have a feeling I know what I'm going to get. I'm a Gary. Gary, 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 Gary. Fuck yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope this worked. <laughs> I hope this worked out in some manner. Hey, ho, what do you say? What do you know? What are you guys doing? How you been? You all right? You good? You want to talk about it? No, that's fine. You don't have to. That's A-OK. Hi, it's me again. How are you? Thank you for joining me on this episode. Happy 25th birthday to Fallout. The birthday is going to come around 
pretty much when this comes out. If you like the intro music, it's by Shane Ivers, the one and only. SilvermanSounds.com slash free music to get all of his heaters. Throw slash Feather Duster and you can get the intro to the podcast. In the description are links to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. Link to the Redbubble to, to support the show. A link to the Patreon. Again, thank you to the Patreon. Uh, and the Discord. Join the Discord. Because once Monster Month is over, we're going to go back to asking the Discord what they want to hear for more. I love you very much. I'll be seeing you all very soon. I'll be seeing maybe some of you soon in DC. And I love you. And I'll see you soon. Be safe. Be kind. Be well. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Ghoulman Entertainment Production.